Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. It's episode 41, if you keep a track at home. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you, as always, bringing you the best and latest content here in the sports world. Episode 41, again, can't even believe we made it this far. We're getting closer to the episode 52, 53 range, in which it becomes a year. But I'm joined by my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, I'm dedicating episode 41 to Tom Seaver. You're going with the franchise. I'm going to go with the... Wurzburg, Germany native, Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, arguably, I, I, I think I don't even know if it's an argument, the best overseas player we've ever seen in this league. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, obviously. Uh, Tom Seaver, obviously nicknamed the franchise, still doesn't have a statue in front of uh, City Field. He will, I believe. Uh, it sucks that it took his passing for that to happen. I just another stain on the Will Ponds. Uh, exactly. You hit it nail on the head. Uh, with Cohen, we're probably going to get that statue and Will Ponds, another failure. You know, it's funny. Baseball Gross. did this thing this week where they said, oh, yeah, we're going to have a Lou Gehrig Day on June 2nd. Like, we didn't have this before. It, t- it took you an entire presentation, I'm guessing, to your board members to come up with it. Guys, this doesn't make it. Make it make sense. That's, that's one of my favorite sayings. Make it make sense. Uh, and that goes for a lot of different aspects of life, uh, but certainly in that scenario, Jolan, we, we started this new little segment, you know, taking us up to the NFL draft, paydays and purges. The This is cap casualty season right now. A lot of dudes are going to lose their job over the next couple weeks. We touched on the AFC and NFC West. Let's go to the wild, wild south. All right, let's start in the AFC south. We'll start with the Titans. They're ranked 18th in cap. Um, now, a couple notable things with the Titans is they lost their offensive coordinator, Art Smith. He's going to the Falcons, and there's tons of questions about what they're going to do with Derrick Henry and what they're going to do in this draft. Obviously, running backs, they don't make a ton of money in the league, but Derrick Henry is not a ton of running a ton of running backs. He's one of one. Where does the Titans go? Let's break it down. question is, do you look at a guy like Najee Harris, also out of Alabama, big, strong, powerful guy, um, I, I I honestly don't know because again you're gonna lose Corey Davis to one of your bigger threats. I didn't say a number for them. They have six million in cap. Right, they, they have six. Okay. Um, listen, this is as you know, I am not a fan of paying running backs, not in the slightest, especially if you're trying to compete for championships. Now, if you're not in it to win championships and you just want to have Derrick Henry because he brings you good publicity down there in Nashville with the country music scene down there, listen, then I'm okay with paying him. But you have to admit, at that point in time, when you pay him top running back money, you're not really in the sweepstakes for a championship uh, this year, in the coming years, really while he's under that contract. Now, I know we agree on not paying running backs, but the difference with Derrick Henry and all running backs is he has not, he has produced the most 200-yard, two-touchdown games ever. Ever. He, he already passed Barry uh, Sanders, I think, last year for it. So now we're talking in elite, elite category where he might go down as one of the best rushers ever. And for what he's done for your franchise, you still don't pay him if you're Tennessee? No. It's kind of like a slap in the face to some players, well, maybe. Right, but again, that's what, that's what we're talking about as people on this podcast. Now, what the team will do, I'm sure they'll likely pay him. Again, because he's a fan favorite, because he, he gets MVP votes as a running back, which we don't often see. He has 2,000-yard seasons. Like it, it, It's one of those things where I, I understand the want to pay him. I understand taking care of your guy, and I want him to get 
his money. Exactly. Like, listen, he should get his money. Taking care of your guy. But again, paying running backs in this league is oftentimes a detriment to your football team. We talked about Carolina, where it works because you're not competing for a championship and Christian McCaffrey is all that you have. You have to pay him. You, you don't have a choice. Uh, but, but again, it'll be really telling what they think of guys like Ryan Tannehill. Where do they go in the draft? Again, look at a guy like Najee Harris. Do they look at a wide receiver? I, I, I don't really know, but I think that defense needs more work than their offense necessarily does. We move on in the AFC South. We go from the Titans to the Colts in Indianapolis. They're fifth in cap. They have a cap hit, or the most cap, one of the most caps of $44 million actually. Obviously, their biggest move in the offseason was moving on from Phillip Rivers, trading for Carson Wentz. What does this team do? Do they cut big players? Do they kind of mitigate the damage done already? With the Wentz trade because all the money they're spending and they keep it cool, where do the Colts go from here? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't worry too much. I wouldn't make a ton of moves in terms of cutting guys. I'd really try to keep as many as you can, especially if you got that much cap room left. Uh, you you really got to go aggressive after a left tackle here. Anthony Costanza was great. Uh, listen, Quentin Nelson, I told you, is my favorite. Departure Costanza. Yeah. Uh, uh, Costanzo, Costanzo, that's what there it is. Uh, George Costanza, that's what I'm thinking. Because uh, <laughs> Anthony Costanzo, um, the talk has been Quentin Nelson moving to left tackle. I'm not a fan of that. He's a big bruiser there on the inside. We see guys get embarrassed when they try to go out to tackle. Although Zach Martin had a good year, but he played right tackle. Then he got hurt. I, I don't know. I'd want to keep Quentin Nelson where he is because, again, he's on track to be a Hall of Famer at the position he's at. you got to be real careful playing around with that. But, you know, I know he'll say yes to any challenge, but I would aggressively pursue a left tackle, whether that be in the draft, whether that be in free agency. I'm not 100% sure. Besides left tackle, because this team had an incredible run last year, yeah. what was their main piece they were missing to take them to that next level, to, besides making the playoffs, winning a Super Bowl, winning a conference championship? Yeah, it, it's a great question because the running back core is real good. That offensive line again last year was really good. Defensive Phillip line. Phillip Rivers well. wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he was. I don't think he was great or bad. You know, I don't think. I think he kind of played average last year. That defensive line you mentioned is great. Darius Leonard's a stud inside. Maybe shore up that secondary with a big play safety. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I'm not. A, you know, that's maybe where I would lean. If not, I'm looking for wide receiver because T.Y. Hilton's a free agent. I don't think we've seen the same T.Y. Hilton the past two or three years that we saw five, six years ago. So I would look again to get another receiver to compliment Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, and really set up some weapons. Maybe you pursue a tight end. Yeah, you're not going to get Kyle Pitts, but you know maybe there's some other uh, late-round gem uh, that Chris Ballard and the crew can come up with. Well, Chris Ballard definitely comes up with a lot of good stuff, obviously revitalize the Colts organization in just a few years. We move on to the AFC South um, Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, it's interesting because they are number one in cap, and they have the number one overall pick. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is basically the card already written. They have $85 million in cap, and they want to move off their left guard, um, Norwell. He's a, get, supposed to be paid $11.5 million this year. Where do you think they go? With the first, the 33rd? Do they trade for a big receiver to get a weapon for Lawrence? What happens here? Yeah, it's funny. You know, Norwell, again, that's a guy that Giants were heavily pursuing. I remember a couple years ago. But I think their receiving core is pretty good right now. They have Chark. uh, They have uh, Chenault. And uh, there's another guy that I'm blanking on. But they have some good weapons. I do do like their weapon core. They were just playing with 
I don't even know who was their quarterback last year. Now they're going to have Trevor Lawrence. Now they're going to have Urban Meyer. I, I, I think it's a different dynamic and maybe a different culture. So I would really, again, look to shore up the offensive line. But other than that, really hammer the defense. Just just go get them. Keelan Cole was the guy you were missing. Keelan Cole. Yeah. Keelan Cole. And uh, was it James Robinson out of the backfield? It was James Robinson. Yep. Yeah, they had D.D. Westbrook in the slot. They got D.D. Westbrook. Chris Conley, a tight end. They got some pieces that's definitely working for them. Yeah. But the main question is, is Urban Meyer going to work in the NFL? Is this a team that you could see going from worst to first, hypothetically, hyperbole, right. not legitimately first, but maybe getting key wins in the division to set them up for future success? Is the team this year going to do that? Honestly, with the way the division is trending, I think now's a better time than ever. I, I think, again, you don't know what's going to happen with Derrick Henry. We, we talked about what's the Carson Wentz experiment going to look like. Who's his backup? Obviously, that's very important, A, because he gets injured, B, because he played like absolute garbage, <laughs> stunk. E- I even, loved it. <laughs> even, even the hefty, hefty, hefty bags on those commercials couldn't, you know, clear out the stench of what he was playing last year, okay? And the, and Houston, don't even get me started on Houston. We will you know, get I mean, Houston, <laughs> the only good thing that Houston has right now is they don't have to wear a mask anywhere. That, you know, that's what <laughs> they that got might be going be detrimental for. to some of them. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think with this division looking the way it is, now is a great time for it to for it to happen. I think Urban Meyer is going to find – I think they go 4-12. and 12. Again, we'll, we'll do obviously more of that picking – you know, later in August and stuff like that. But I could easily see this team being a good 4-12 and team. There's not many of them ever in NFL history, but I think they have a chance to. Well, the Miami Dolphins team with the 6-10 and record a couple of years ago was winning yeah. bells. Uh, you do see one of those Blue Moon teams that can win some games and look, or can lose most games, and yeah. still look like they're on the come-up. Final team in the AFC South, and I've been waiting, uh, waiting on this one because there's a lot of controversy around this team. The uh, Texans... They're 15th in cap. They have approximately $16 million left. But the big question is Deshaun Watson. And the bigger question is how bad do they look for giving away their first-round pick for Laramie Tunsil without a future quarterback? Let's break it all down. Let's start with Deshaun Watson. Hey, listen, man. What they got going for them is they're getting their fans back. They're getting 100% capacity. So all four fans with garbage bags on their heads and they can now show up to the game. <laughs> you can't wait to be Houston. Okay, listen. They completely destroyed this relationship with Deshaun Watson. I do break not, that down. What happened I, here? I, it's just this whole, again, like, players players are never guaranteed a say in who the coach, who the GM are going to be. However, when management approaches you and says, you are going to have this, and you turn your back on him, that's disloyalty. First of all, not only did he not like Bill O'Brien, because Bill O'Brien, oh, I don't know, traded away his best weapon, okay? His second best weapon got popped for roids this year. What was his best target this year? David Johnson out of the backfield, who was about as big of a one-hit wonder as Mambo number five. Will Fuller, like, who's on the who's on a free agency list, right? He's the guy that got popped for roids, and now he's a free agent. So what are we, <laughs> you know, what are we doing here? And they're just they and they get rid of J.J. Watt, who's meant so much to that city. What are you doing? That's this is this is my question to their front office. And then they just start hiring guys who nobody has heard of. Uh, Casario, everybody's heard of, obviously, because he worked in New England. But David Culley, nobody's known about him. His offense, when he was the pass game coordinator, finished last in passing over there in Baltimore. Okay, so 
you know, again, he gets a better passing quarterback in Deshaun Watson, obviously. But at the same time, I, I it's hard for me to feel sympathy for Houston because they did this to themselves. And now Deshaun, again, he's got to stick to his guns. He's got to stick to sitting out. So if Deshaun Watson does sit out, this team's going to be detrimentally bad. Obviously, 0-16. Oh, yeah. We're talking Doug Peterson throwing the game bad. Like, oh, this is how this that is how ugly. ugly that could get that for them. Ugly. That was ugly, and that's the reason Peterson is actually fired. But do you see an, a trade possible to entertain if you're the Texans to revitalize your franchise right now? Yeah, I mean, listen, you have no draft capital, right? You traded away in the Laramie Tunsil. You traded two first-round picks. Which looks uh, awful. You know, I'm sure you traded a first-round pick to PepsiCo for, you know, a bag of deliveries got every once a month. nothing for D-Hop. Right, you got nothing for DeAndre Hopkins, no first-round pick. So you're almost in a spot where, again, you don't want – I get it. You don't want to set this precedent that superstars can just... This isn't the NBA. All this, leverage. all this loaded BS. You have nothing to put him in a better situation and put a better football team around him. So why not look to get rid of him and go into full rebuild? We talked about the Eagles and the Falcons being two franchises that just continue to hold on and hold on, and they got to rebuild at some Broncos. point. By the way, Pittsburgh's entering that... Con- that uh, that group as well. We'll talk about that very, very days. soon. But the, this, guys, you gotta at some point you gotta rebuild. It, it is it is a part of every franchise, and Houston has to do it sooner rather than later, or it's only gonna get uglier. And they need to trade Deshaun Watson. So if you're the Jets per se, is there a franchise quarterback who you would like right now? What do you mean, like, Deshaun like, Watson? Yeah, over Deshaun Watson. Is there a guy you're willing to not trade the, the number two pick for? I mean... Because sh- that's what the Texans are asking themselves. Is Deshaun Watson worth giving up this quarterback for one of these set amount of guys? Five guys, I think that's the top of the list right. of quarterbacks. Sadly, the value to... Deshaun's value to Houston is diminishing by the day. Uh, and, and as that relationship disintegrates, it's only getting worse. Um, so if through the I'm Texans, the Jets, rather, not even through the Jets. Through the Texans, do you entertain taking the second pick you, for I, one of the four quarterbacks? Because Trevor Lawrence would be off the board. Yeah, but you have to. I, I think at this point you have to because either you're going to get one of them, you either you can get a game-changing receiver, you can get a guy like Kyle Pitts. Now, again, who's throwing him the ball? I don't know. But it's got to start somewhere, and, you, and you're not going to just get one. You know, you're going to get multiple throughout the years. So, and it's a rebuild. It's it's not going to happen overnight. The Giants tried to do that for years. We're not rebuilding, we're reloading, which is a bunch of BS. And then they were like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're rebuilding. Uh, so, you know, again, they just have to accept that this is what's going to happen. Well, that wraps up the AFC South. We're going to get start getting into the NFC South, and we'll start with the Saints because the Saints are looking pitiful. Drew Brees has yet to announce his retirement, even though he signed an agreement with CBS, I believe, at the end of last year. NBC, I think. NBC, it was. rather. Yep. NBC. So there's the Drew Brees question. He's due up, I think, $18 million this year. And they ranked dead last in the cap with negative $61 million after a few cuts. Let's talk about this team. What direction are they headed in? Obviously, they made the postseason last year. So they're drafting really low. Is Winston their guy? There's a lot of questions right now at the Saints. I mean, listen, they they seem to be paying everybody anything they want. Can I get a million dollars? Like, <laughs> please help a brother out. Uh, this roster is going to flip on its head. It, it really is when you look. And again, I, did they even pay Alvin Kamara yet? No. no. <laughs> Which makes it even that much worse. This team is going to lose so many pieces. 
when you think about it, or they're going to have to restructure everybody. And the chances of restructuring everybody, I, I'm sorry, some dudes are going to say no. It, it's that simple. And Drew Brees, listen, he's got to go. He's got to retire. That The football he played in that playoff game, you can't pay $18 million for that. You can't. I'm sorry. And, and again, is Jameis Winston your guy? I don't know. Do you look to trade up in the draft maybe and snag a guy like Mac Jones maybe? I don't know. But that seems to be the million-dollar question for them. And are you even going to have cap space after you cut 45 of the 90 guys on the roster? I don't know. And, and where's the money for Alvin Kamara? There's too many question marks. At least Michael Thomas is under contract. But he actually looks like a normal human after last season. He was hurt a lot last year. And uh, hopefully he returns to better form this year. But I, honestly, I don't know. I, this, it's a it's the one of the biggest question marks in the league. Is this a Saints team next year without Drew Brees and with Winston? If they put the same product on the field, is that a playoff team? Is it a play? What the Bucks are doing, what the Panthers could possibly do with the eighth pick, we'll talk about that. Yeah, but a, a playoff team, I think they. Does their window closed? I think they can find a way into the postseason. I think they can sneak in as maybe that seventh team, but I, I definitely not winning the division. Uh, de- definitely not real Super Bowl aspirations. So uh, they can really kiss those goodbye. But I, I, I think what what is keeping Drew Brees do? Oh, they win the division, like great, and then they get bounced in the postseason. Sorry, you know, like do do not. I don't know. You're just signing up for failure either way. Honestly, this Saints window, I think it's officially shut. I don't think they're going to be doing so the Super Bowl in a while. And it kind of reminds me of um, like the '90s Jazz wasting all that talent with Malone and Stockton and just all these players. Yeah, but who at came least to help at them. least New Orleans got one ring out of it. I mean, yeah, 2009. But, it, but again, I'm talking, it's I'm talking this past ago. five or six years in specifically. I like agree. when they lost bad playoff games and some sketchy calls, like that window was. Tons of talent on that team, and there's questions all over. We proceed in the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons. Not much going on with them, but there is a lot of questions around their free agency. They're actually 28th in cap, so the bad cap gets a little bit better. They're under $19 million. And then other questions around them. One, they also have a new coach, Art Smith. He's coming over from the Tennessee Titans as their O coordinator. And they might lose Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. That's the question I wanted to get to. What do they do with these two guys that have been the cornerstone of their offense? You alluded to it before. They have never fully rebuilt, and now they're left with a bunch of shells. Yeah, it's. I think it's time to move off of Matt Ryan. I, I, Julio Jones, again, a guy I just think, especially with a rookie quarterback coming in, and, and I, this is where I got on the Giants, if you remember a few years ago, every time we talked. That's why I was upset they traded Odell that year instead of the next year because, again, I think they should move off of Matt Ryan. I think uh, I was listening to uh, Lewis Riddick on ESPN. Phen- phenomenal talent. Always has great insight. Trey Lance is a very interesting prospect for them to look at at number four because he fits a lot of what Arthur Smith loves to do, especially we saw it in Tennessee. Run the rock, set up that deep play action pass game. That's really where he excels. So... I, I would I would say move off of Matt Ryan, find a young guy like a Trey Lance, and again, if you get a guy like Trey Lance, keep Julio Jones. Allow Trey Lance to at least have some... Now, I'll have Calvin Ridley, of course, uh, but allow him to have a weapon there uh, to really sling the rock to and somebody who can bail him out when he needs it the most, especially in a rookie year where, again, he's going to struggle. 
He's going to struggle, but he needs that guy that can go make 50-50 plays when he needed the most. And I would keep Julio, get rid of Matt. Let's flip the coin here. Matt Ryan stays. You have the fourth pick. Where do you go now? Matt Ryan stays. How big is that window? Do you get weapons? Do you get defense? Because obviously yeah. the defense was atrocious. Listen, their, their championship window to me is closed. Uh, I really don't think. Tom Brady just ripped I, that franchise apart. Yeah, I they, Yeah, dude. <laughs> just sucked the life out of them. Emotionally, mentally, I think they're scarred for a long, long time. This is going to be. This is going to be one of those curses. This is good. Like Cleveland had the 52 year draft. Like. We are talking some serious, serious problems with the Falcons. Okay, we're, we're talking about some serious issues here. Um, we're in trading Babe Ruth territory right now. Yeah, this is getting bad. <laughs> great. Um, but, yeah, maybe a guy like Kyle Pitts. Maybe Goat. Maybe, uh, uh, no, I think they still got a good left tackle. Then you got to look defense. You really do. You got a, you got a guy like uh, Keanu Neal in the back, but he, he got hurt. Uh, uh, Deion... Deion Jones, I believe, is their middle linebacker. Uh, really flies around. He's but again, can awesome. you get a can you get a pass rush? You know, they, I think that maybe maybe they look at a guy like Micah Parsons. You know, again, a guy maybe you think Penn about State? the yeah, you think about maybe the teens, but uh, based on need, maybe they maybe they go with him up front. Maybe they go with a corner. Uh, it it's really like Patrick Sertain, uh, some somebody like that. It's really difficult to tell, but. I would I would definitely not like that scenario if I was Atlanta. Moving forward, NFC South, paydays and purges. We move on to the Carolina Panthers. There's a couple of things going around the Panthers this week. Um, first and foremost, Olsen and Thomas Davis Sr. are going to sign one-day contracts and retire with them. Personally, I think they're both Hall of Famers, maybe not first ballot, but I do think their careers were solid bodies of work. And the second thing is um, they have the eighth pick and the eighth in cap. So they have a cap of $15 million. They have the eighth pick in the overall draft. And Teddy Bridgewater, there's questions around that. Do these guys, again, go quarterback? What do we see from the Panthers? Well, just talking about the first two guys, Greg Olson, again, he, his, his dad used to host a camp at Wayne Hills. My uncle used to coach there. I used to go there all the time. Met guys like him, Brian Cushing, you know, real Jersey guys that, did, that ended up doing great things and just an unreal human being more than anything. Thomas Davis, uh, America loves great stories. Thomas Davis tore his ACL, I believe, in the same leg three times. Yes. That is that is extremely hard to do, and the doctor is running out of stuff to put there to replace it and put it back together, but he just had a, an outstanding career. Now, in terms of the team, I, th- I think they made a lot of progress under Matt Rule last year. Uh, definitely some games, though. Teddy Bridgewater, I saw, was 0-8 in games decided by one score. Not good this year. Not not good. You win four of those. You're but again, team. it's a real young football team. It, it's guys that need to learn how. To, look, look at a guy like Robbie Anderson. Came from the Jets, dude. You definitely don't know how to win if you just came from the Jets. Obviously, <laughs> you know. You talk about other guys. These young defensive guys. They drafted all defense. They're all young guys. Uh, so you know they maybe not know how to win yet. Now, I, the Deshaun to Carolina has been a has been an interesting topic of conversation. I think because you got D, um, uh, uh, Curtis Samuel, I believe, is out there, but he, I, I think he might be up. He's a free. I agent think he's this year. a free agent this year. Yep. But then you got McCaffrey. McCaffrey can basically play slot receiver. But you're paying you him a bunch of money. Yeah, you are paying him a lot of money. Do you but move off him if you want to start winning. I. That's a great question, but I don't think I see the reason I wouldn't do that is because they're not in a plug-and-win-now mode. 
that the defense is still super young. They still need to shore up their offensive line. They still need some weapons. I would look at, you know, it's, it's sad to say because he'd be a great prospect for the Giants. Guy like Jalen Waddell, uh, maybe a guy like Jamar Chase. You know, one of the big three, Devontae Smith obviously being the other one, maybe they look at one of the big three to get a weapon around Teddy Bridgewater instead of bailing ship right now. We just pray it's not Kyle Pitts. That's the guy I want for the Giants. I mean, if he just slips out of the top ten right there. It's an easy grab, and he's a generational talent. Sadly, I don't see him do He's been climbing draft boards. Yeah. People are talking about the Jets maybe should keep an eye on him. That will never happen. Well, listen, If the Jets move to pick Jets, a tight end number two, they'll be in poverty for life. Well, they if they don't be, trade back to at least draft them, dude, there's they, teams they that are quarterback. They might be in poverty for life anyway. <laughs> we move on to a team that just broke their poverty curse for the first time in 18 years. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won a Super Bowl. It's the over. Fact, it's the, over. The, Tampa is a city of champions once again. Honestly, yeah, since the Gruden days. That's the last 2002. Time. Yep, 18 years. So the Buccaneers are 17th in cap. They have, let me get a number here for it, 11900000 to bring into the cap space. They have the 17th pick. But there's a ton of questions about the team they're about to field. It's totally different from the team they brought on last year. A ton of guys are up for contracts. Who do you pay? Who do you let walk? And who's the most crucial piece to keep on this team besides Brady? Yeah, that 0-2 Bucks team was a lot of fun. That defense, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Warren Sapp. You just talk each level of that defense had somebody special. Warren and Sapp notably went after, I believe it was Joe Brady? Who was the tight end for the Jets? Warren Sapp went like two picks behind Joe Brady, and he went to the Jets. Oh, I've, I, yeah, I'm pretty I'm, sure it was I'm Joe Brady tight end, name, but yeah, I mean, Warren Sapp was a big dude. Jets whiffed on that. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, I'm not going down that path again. <laughs> um, as far as Tampa, you got a guy like Chris Godwin's up. He needs a contract. Levante David needs a contract. I think Indomitian uh, Sue needs a contract. Yeah, what Kyle, do you got for me, Kyle Brady. Kyle not, not Joe Brady. Got you. Joe got Brady's you, got the offensive coordinator of the Panthers. I was just going to say, that name sounded awfully familiar. Yeah, I was, was Kyle like, wait Brady. a minute, he played? <laughs> um, but <laughs> that uh, that team, man, I would I would either sign, probably sign Levante David. I think he'd be the cheaper option. And then look to tag a guy like Chris Godwin. There's been, <laughs> people have thrown out the idea of having Odell traded to Tampa, which would be Mighty, mighty interesting. Can you get AB on a cheap deal again? Yes. I, I think I think you will. I think it's smart to bring him back. Does that allow Godwin to walk though? I, you know, again, AB's I, generational. Again, I wouldn't let Godwin walk. I, I like him. He's he's a he's a good receiver. Had some drop issues in the playoffs, but again, still, when he catches the ball, he's a magnet. Like he he's got. You see the hands. Like it's it's unreal. You love to watch the guy play. Uh, but again, if he does walk, you have a guy like Tyler Johnson, a guy like Scotty Miller, and obviously we talked about AB. So they have weapons. They can do this. You know, they can let him walk. I necessarily wouldn't, but again, I think they could franchise him. I think they can keep both of those big pieces. And then Sue, again, what is he going to command on the market? You know, teams lower salary cap this year, a lot of teams over the salary cap. They're not gonna. They're not gonna want to spend a lot. So, could you get him back cheap? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So you could really keep a lot of this team intact. You know, you got a guy. You got a leader in JPP on one side. Shaq Barrett needs a contract. So that's the other 
That's the other big one. I think I see next year more more so than this well, year. Well, but no, he's he's played on the franchise last year. Oh, geez. So he is up this year. So that's that's one I completely forgot about. Um, it all depends where they they obviously they pick thirty two. I think if you got a pass rusher on your board that's going to be there at thirty two, and you got confidence in that, you you know you can ride without Shaq, but uh, I would be very precautious in doing that. So. Uh, let's see. Out of those three guys, again, it seems like one's going to get cut loose. And I think I wouldn't do it, but I think it's going to be Chris Godwin. I really do. I think with the influx of receivers they have. With the influx of receivers they have, Godwin hits the market. Where does Godwin land? Oh, man. That's a good talent. Uh, he, you know, the New York Giants, he'd look good in giant blue. That's actually not a bad stretch. Right next to Kyle Pitts. We got enough money now with the Zeitler. Or, 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 or Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys look good in, in giant uniform. Um, but it's, where does Chris Godwin go? Man, you got to, to me, you look at a place like maybe hmm, Green Bay, maybe a San Francisco. Hello, high-powered uh, place, offenses. Yeah, places that don't necessarily, well, I mean, Green Bay's obviously got a number one target. But San Francisco, you know, they got Debo. They got, you know, some of these guys are, you know, they're good. They don't have a true number one uh maybe maybe does he go there you know i don't know i think it'd be intriguing it'd be fun that wraps up the afc and nfc south for paydays and purges i think we travel north next week oh good much colder up there we'll finish in the east obviously with all the teams being over here and now we're moving on to the nba goose what do we got yeah i mean we got the all-star game coming up uh we got got rosters we got all this stuff you know it's funny, LeBron takes Giannis, Antetokounmpo, first overall. The two were try. They, they've been wanting to play together, but they couldn't because last two years they've been the captains against each other. Uh, so, you know, and then Kevin Team team Durant is going to be playing without Kevin Durant uh, due to a hamstring injury. I think the dunk contest is going to be at halftime. I don't know. I The three-point shooting competition, is that like... I, I, what it when is that taking place? Like, are they gonna are they gonna do it in between quarters when the guys are trying to mop the floor and they're just gonna <laughs> either gonna alternate shooters so that one side can get cleaned and the other like what? How is this gonna work? The skills competition? How do you work? Is that pregame? That seems like a pregame type thing. But where's everything else? How do how do you do it? We have no clue. But let's start <laughs> with the first thing you said: the teams. Let's announce Team Durant, oh, Team boy. LeBron. Team Durant, obviously Kevin Durant will not be playing, so there'll be five additional starters besides himself. Bradley Beal at the guard, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Jason Tatum. Uh, Team Durant reserves, Devin Booker, James Harden, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, and Nikola Vucevic. Oh, and Zion as well. Obviously, they had to add one yeah. because KD is hurt. And that's we Zion, that's my boy. Honestly, he's going to be great in a couple of years. His basketball IQ is phenomenal. We can get into that. But Team LeBron, Team LeBron's obviously his own starter. Giannis Antetokounmpo, you got into Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, um, Nikola Jokic, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, DeMonte Sabonis, Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, and Anthony Davis. A lot of names. Let's break it down a little bit. All of the Nets have gotten picked by... Um, Naturally. Naturally. AD's with Team LeBron. Steph Curry's with Team LeBron. You think this is more of like an East-West thing besides like Jalen Brown obviously being on Team LeBron? 
you think it's like a click thing? Or it's what? funny. I watched. I saw this thing on Twitter that said LeBron and Steph Curry fans coming together, and it was literally a picture of Bloods and Crips like, <laughs> oh, like coming together. Just unre- the internet is undefeated. Undefeated <laughs> forever. Okay. Oh, we're um, in front of Burger King or whatever. Yeah, and they're great yeah, picture. <laughs> <laughs> but you you just go down that list, and you look at a guy. You look at Team LeBron, and you got Anthony Davis, good friend of his. Chris Paul, good friend of his. Dame Lillard's a stone cold killer. Uh, you know, just great again. Giannis, uh, Nikola Jokic passes the ball much like LeBron loves to dish it out, just like LeBron does. So, and and then you know, Luca, who some have compared to LeBron in terms of their whining on the court. So you got that comparison. Then you look at uh, Team Durant. You mentioned all three Nets are on that team. Uh, you really got a lot of star power. Joel Embiid, Kyle Leonard. You know. The front runner for the MVP, Joel Embiid, right now. I think it's more um, James Harden, though, but that's just me. I, yeah, but I, you know, again, I think night in, night out, on a consistent basis, Joel. I don't, you know, Ben Simmons and Tobias have been playing well this year, but he doesn't have somebody night in, night out that can drop forty-five in a hurry. Let's get into this right now because it's a great conversation to have while talking basketball. Is Joel Embiid bringing back the center position by himself? No. I, really? Wait, wait. Like, he's the only one. Well, no, period. well, that's the thing. Let's re- rewind 15, 18 years. Yep. Shaquille O'Neal. Nobody could stop Shaquille O'Neal. He scored 34 points per game in the final series. Kobe had, to, what, 24, I think? He was the leader of that team. Is there an outlook where centers could be the main piece to an offense again besides the three ball? Okay, question. Where is Joel Embiid's Kobe Bryant or Dwayne Wade? Okay, fair point. <laughs> right. So that, this is what we're talking about. Again, these guys can do so much. Again, I think the Nets, honestly, the Nets are looking at Joel, and they're probably saying, go ahead, go for 45. We're going to stay out on the shooters, make sure nobody else beats us. This is what teams used to do to LeBron. You know, they don't want to get other guys involved. They just let LeBron score as much as because they know he's good at dishing it out. Joel is so good at scoring. You just got to let him – sometimes you just got to let him go. You just got to let him score. You know he's going to get his – you know he's gonna, you know he's gonna get twenty and ten. Uh, you hope in the playoffs, unless he gets stomach cramps again, uh, then you know uh, he may be pregnant. I don't know, uh, but you know, we, I think Joel is gonna do him, and you gotta live with the results while guarding everybody else. All right, we can move forward back into the regular All Star break conversation. Oh, thank God, right? Because it's a good question. Like yeah. Sano used to be the most vital piece to an offense. If you were seven foot, you'd be drafted. Period. Now there's a bunch of question marks around the center position. And is it even useful anymore if you, Small can't, ball. if you can't bring out the three? You know what I'm saying? Joel Embiid obviously is gifted. I think he's shooting 40% from three this year. Phenomenal, but... Yeah, I think it's 41.6. If you're not limited, if, or if you're limited to just under the basket, could you bring back an offense? I don't know. It's a good question to have. We can move forward, though, with dunk contests. Oh. Predictions, all that good stuff. Let me just list the players, and we'll talk about it. Obviously, the, the big news here is no Zion. So. Yeah, very sad. Uh, but I, but again, I think you look at the dunk contest, and a lot of these are more like, what can you do prop wise, and who's going to create? Like th- this year's, you know, we saw Blake Griffin jump over a car. We've seen dudes jump over like, you know, I think people have jumped over Shaq before. Doing all magic, this magic, uh, magic person. Yeah, do um, uh, yeah, 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 doing all these crazy things. So like, what's this year? Somebody's going to make a TikTok in the middle of their dunk. And that, right? Like, what's going to happen? Like, is that is that who's going to win? I don't know. It, it's kind of lost its touch. It's more, I think the word is materialistic. 
uh, than than maybe anything else. It used to be about all these crazy dunks, and now you every once in a while you say, "Holy cow, I've never seen that dunk before." But again, without a guy like Zion Williamson, I, I think it's unfortunate. But I think it's a common theme. I, I think you're not going to see superstars be in the dunk contest anymore. So let's mention who is in the dunk contest because one of them is a superstar to me. Obi Toppin, New York Nick. Um, is, that, is that your superstar? Oh, yeah. I think if he brings vitalization back to the Knicks basketball and there's some winning basketball over here, it's going to be better for everybody. The Nets are already winning. Maybe a championship out of them. I'm just trying to party and celebrate a, a championship, honestly. Uh, Fernie Simmons, he's the guard for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Cassius Stanley, he's the guard for the Indiana Pacers. And there is one more. Give me a second. That might be it. That is it. Wow. Only a couple dudes. You're right. Yeah. Dunk contest is not as appealing. Why is that? I don't know, but you look at it again, too, and it, and it kind of brings light to Jolan, people we haven't seen, people that don't get appreciated, you know, guys that don't get credit. They, they're These guys aren't on SC Top 10. Three guys, though? That's it? You like... know, well, again, I think, you know, maybe it should be more, but, again, how many guys are you getting to agree in the middle of a pandemic in an all-star game where, oh, I don't know, the face of the league said you shouldn't even be playing. Um, but in terms of let's stick to the dunk contest. Cassius Stanley, he's a guy that went to Duke. I know I, I hear the F Duke chants coming uh, through through the sound waves. But you, he reminds me of the Dua Lipa song, Levitating. I once watched <laughs> this man levitate in a dunk, in college in a dunk. It was unreal. This dude kept this dude was elevating and levitating as he was dunking the basketball. Just unreal stuff. Um, fun fact for you, Cassius Stanley, six five guard, obviously out of Duke. He broke the max preps vertical jump with 44 inches. Gee, yeah, dude, he can jump out so, the gym. A G, out of high school, he was jumping out of the gym. He was jumping out the gym. I think so. he still actually has the 44-inch vertical because he got NBA combine scouted at that. Yeah, I, I'm so going so crazy. I'm going with Cassius to be my winner. I, really? I could be dead wrong, but I'm going with Cassius to be my winner. We move on All-Star Weekend with the three-point contest, which is gaining a lot more momentum. This is loaded this year. Steph Curry, obviously, you know who he is. Jalen Brown, he's a forward for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, he's a forward for the Boston Celtics. Devin Booker, he's a guard for the Phoenix Suns. Zach Levine is a guard for the Bulls. And Donovan Mitchell, the guard for the Jazz. Loaded, loaded contest. All guys can shoot and hit at a big, big clip. Who do you like here? Who's your sleeper, maybe? Maybe Jalen Brown. Who do you like? Yeah, apparently the Celtics are trying to pack the courts because apparently <laughs> they're trying to take it all down. And uh, we want to make sure the officials are okay with uh, Donovan Mitchell first. Uh, but again, like I go back to a guy like Steph Curry who shoots threes in his sleep. I'm sure his wife has to like slap his hands down. He's probably in bed shooting threes and stuff like that with his little his little motion that he's got going. Um, just like last season, just sorry to interrupt you. There will be also be two Mountain Dew zone spots similar to last year. So one ball worth three points if you hit it from the zone, it will be worth four. They're gonna give him that extension. So Steph's gonna shoot it from half court, basically. All like, the time. I mean, that's his range. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think he's set up for success. Uh, I don't think Luca's set up that much for success in that in terms of that. The Celtics again, we we've seen how their play on the court, uh, which doesn't give me much confidence. Uh, who are the other guys? Um, we got we, we Donovan, had Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, um, yeah. a couple of good dudes, um, Zach Levine, Devin. Oh, Booker. Zach Levine, Devin Booker, he's got something to prove. Uh, he keeps getting these sympathy all-star game oh, nods. So can he this, win? This, oh, so-and-so got hurt. 
So I guess you can be on the team. Well, Devin like, Booker deserves to be an all-star. No, no, no. Let's that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying he needs to stop. We need to stop giving him the sympathy. Oh, some dude is injured. Yeah. Now you're in. He needs to be in the yeah. all-star game. <laughs> period. Okay. Uh, can he win? Yeah. I actually think it's going to be him and Steph in the final round. And I think they're going to duel it. And I think it's going to be a Brown. lot of fun. Disrespecting Jason Tatum. I no, I'm disrespecting it. the Boston Celtics. My prediction is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum go to the finals, and Jalen Brown beats Jason Tatum. Bookmark this, everybody. It's going to happen. What? So neither one can be sad because their teammate won? Yeah. And what the heck? Goes, so we get, we get high clip shooters. That's not just oh, <laughs> I see. I see. Moving forward with the final thing of All-Star Weekend, besides the All-Star game that we already got into, was the um, Skills Challenge. Now, the Skills Challenge... Is um basically what do they do? Run up and down the court doing different things. They're doing different passing. obstacle drills and all that good stuff. It's it's kind of weird. I think Jason Tatum won it last year, um. But this year's participants are Robert Covington, forward for the Blazers, who was previously on the Sixers. That's where you know him from the East Coast. Luka Doncic, the guard from Dallas Mavericks. Chris Paul, the guard for the Phoenix Suns. You know Chris Paul. Julius Randle, forward for the Knicks, who's having a phenomenal year. Demonte Sabonis, forward for the Pacers, and. Nikola Vujicic. Vujicic, baby. Vujicic, the center for Atlanta Magic. I knew I was going to butcher that. I knew too. So, who do you like here? Shout out to two two real tall guys, Vujicic and Sabonis, for making the skills challenge. What do you like? Uh, Listen, I've been a fan of uh, the height requirement for this competition. Should be 6'11". I I think we should have all big dudes competing in this. I think that would make it so much more fun. Uh, In terms of this competition... I'm going to, you know, it always seems like one of these big guys surprises. And he's he's been surprising all year long. I'm going to go with Julius Randle. I think he's going to have a great showing uh, and, and really kind of, you know, uh, put it on for my city, on for my city. Ooh, he's going to put it on for New out, York bro. City. So uh, I think he, he's going to perform really well, and I think he's going to win it. That's a big, big prediction. Uh, basically wraps up All-Star Weekend, everything the NBA is getting into. Yeah, and they'll get Sixers back. Sixers look great. They'll get Lakers back. look kind of bad. They got to. Uh, they have to release their second-half schedule still. Well, uh, Celtics released theirs a couple weeks ago. They yeah. have them. We have them out. Yeah, they, you know, so that'll get all, you know, they'll start back up with that. Uh, again, what what is what is LeBron's role on Sunday? I, I Honestly, if I was the coach, which is, uh, is it Terry Stotts from the Utah Jazz? Yes. Or is it, it is. Frank Vogel? It's, it's Stotts. Okay, I would probably play LeBron like five minutes. I'd have him come out for warm-ups, like wave to the fake crowd that's there. Because, you know, they're, they're, I, where are they playing, Atlanta? Yeah, there's definitely not fans there. Um, eh, there might <laughs> there be. might be some. There might be. But I, I would have him wave to the crowd, play five minutes, get a classic tomahawk dunk, and sub him out. And say, basically, you know, take the rest of the night off because he needs to rest. You neglect to remember Atlanta's in Georgia. Oh, I do remember <laughs> Georgia. They're like the Wild West. Yeah, too, but it's south. a different it's a different part of Georgia. It's going to be interesting. To Atlanta's see been a changing place for a long time. Do you think there's going to be a change of attitude and tone with players and performance once fans get into the arenas? Um, uh, all sports I, in general. I, yeah, because again, I think guys feed off of that emotion, and having that emotion come through on a television is a lot different than when they're actually there. Very you know, true. Like, I, I think that's why LeBron didn't freak out when that Atlanta fan got kicked out because he was like, we haven't seen fans in forever. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like cool to see people back. Cool you know? to see people get kicked out yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure as you go around the NBA, you'll see different rules. You know, different teams will have different capacities and different amount of fans. And will that increase? Do the players get vaccinated? I think these are questions for the second half of the season 
that are vital for us to ask. It's almost like you asked the questions now of why you chose a big market team like the Lakers when there's no fans anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like you could be in a, uh, a Miami situation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But if you're, yeah, not not if you're LeBron. If you're just a free agent anywhere, right now traveling last year. It's different. You probably sign with the Lakers to get all these fans, and all of a sudden there's nobody sitting courtside. Yeah. There's no Kardashian sitting but, courtside. But I like, think you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I think I think you can start the, to see a little bit of rounding the corner, some states kind of easing some things. I think we're going to get more fans here in the second half. Do you think the first people to let fans back are going to get early jump on free agency signings and things like that. No, no. no it doesn't influence I, no, players and what no, they want to do? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because, again, I think it's how passionate is the fan base. And, well, well, Houston's them, pretty passionate. They're the ones risking getting COVID. Like, I don't think that's a... In I don't, particular, Houston might. Yeah. <laughs> Houston's not... They got a bad the rocket reputation diehard, down dude. there. They're, They're losing everybody. They but, lost James I, Harden. It might work George them, Springer. <laughs> it might work. Uh, they lost... They're going to lose Deshaun Watson. They lost J.J. Watt. They yeah. are losing talent everywhere, across the board, at all times. Period. Let's move forward. That's basically wraps up the NBA until, obviously, second half schedules and stuff take up. That's like more towards the end of March. Let's get back into baseball. Yeah, I mean, baseball, again, spring training's in full effect. Uh, Aaron Boone did take an emergency leave of absence this week to have a pacemaker placed. We're praying for you, Boone. Uh, We we Obviously, again, listen, I don't care if you wear pinstripes. I don't care, you know, if you have that done, you know, again, all the all the power to you in recovery. Great for the game, great for the city. Yeah, I, I know uh, Brian, Brian Cashman, the GM, said he could be back within two to three days. I think that's Hello. more. I think that's more or less being extremely optimistic. But uh, but again, he should take his time, do what he has to do. He has a roster that can win the World Series with or without him. So <laughs> fair point. You know, again, like there's to me, there's no rush for him to come back other than him wanting to prove something to somebody, which I don't think he has to do. Uh, nonetheless, but again, the rest of spring training, everything's in full effect. Pete Alonso had a grand slam the other day. The Mets are starting to, you know, again, they look good in spring training. They'll look good in, you know, April, in May. They'll have the worst June of all time. Then they'll then they'll stink until about my birthday in middle of July. Then they'll be like, oh, maybe we should start playing baseball again while they're 12 games behind. My next postseason. And, 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 then they, <laughs> and then they get to the last day of the regular season. They're going to lose to, like, I don't know. Tell me a stinky baseball team. Um, we are the stinky baseball no. <laughs> team. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, probably like Washington. Yeah. Washington will rip our hearts out. We'll miss the postseason. No. Listen, this year is full of optimism. Uh, the Mets, again, every year they do this to me. But this year I'm going to fall as far flat on my face as possible. It's the hope that kills you. And the the hope, yeah, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, uh, as <laughs> Kelly Clarkson once said. So I'm going to take, uh, you know, I, I want to remain optimistic with the Mets this year. They're going to get fans back, obviously, uh, starting opening day. I believe they're going to have about 4,000 fans uh, somewhere in that range. So good for them, man. Listen, baseball, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's good that we haven't heard a lot about Manfred, the union, all that good stuff. Uh, thank God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was about to say something. like Last year around this time, because we had been doing the show around this time, Manfred was on a bad, bad streak. Yeah. Ruining baseball. I think it's nice that they shut their mouths. Everything's behind closed doors. I don't know. I'm excited to get baseball back more than most people. Mets are going to look real good this year. Yankees are going to look good, real good this year. And it's going to bring some... Uh, much-needed normalcy back to our tri-state. Good, good. Life is better when both teams are good. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it, it leads to great games and great rivalries. Subway series are always fun. 
Mm-hmm. Past so, couple years have been better. You know, again, we'll get into full baseball talk probably the end of this month, right before the season starts. We're going to do a full, full prediction, uh, preseason prediction. All teams. Division winners. All uh, uh, Cy Young's uh, Jacob DeGrom already. Um, he's going to win both leagues. But you know, <laughs> maybe some MVP talk. Who's our surprise team of the year, maybe? Who's going to come out of nowhere? Uh, but we're going to dive more into that, Jolan, just to kind of wrap it up here, you know, uh, talk some golf. Uh, we obviously talked about the horrific crash of Tiger Woods. Um, there, there is obviously the investigation going on. We still don't in, know. Into, we... into how fast he was going, what was going on. Um, Chances I will, are he's going fast. Yeah, I will say this, though. He, uh, he, the players did a great thing last week at the WGC um, uh, tournament, and um, most of them, not all of them, but most of them wore Tiger's famous Sunday red. Sunday red shirt, black pants. Uh, Tony Finau, who looked up to Tiger throughout his entire childhood, Jolan, he wore the backwards hat that we see Tiger wear when he arrives at the golf course. Just a just a tremendous scene for a tremendous athlete, a guy that has grown on everybody uh, as a fan. I think if you look at him back in his early golf days, he was an a hole. Like he that that well, he was. Are haters. It's he, the, I love that. He Tiger he what he just you know what it was. He didn't he never played to the fans. You know, but now once he once he went through everything in '09 and the DUI and I believe that was 2017 or 2018. Um, and the back injuries and, and the torn ACL and all this different stuff. I think he got a new perspective. He's been more of a, a fan-friendly guy. You see him laughing with guys on the tour, but he can still bring it. We saw it in the 2019 Masters when he won it. Oh, yeah. So he's One of the still, best comebacks in sports. You know, again, we, and we talked about it. If he, if he finds a way to come back from this, he may, he may up his greatest comeback of all time with – a, a greatest comeback of all time. So uh, we wish him the best in recovery, but the players, again, doing a great job just just uh, representing arguably the greatest golfer ever. Let's, let me ask you that. Is he the best golfer ever? I think so. I think he beats it, Nichols even though he's less major wins. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, you look at the footage of Jack Nicholas uh, way Nicholas, back when. Nichols, yeah, Josh uh, <laughs> Josh Nichols. That's it. That now my head's on Drake. We had a Miss Nichols back in the day as a teacher. <laughs> and now just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great, but uh, listen, I the footage, you know, like Jordan, you get the great cuts and the great film, but you you talk about Jack Nicholas and like, but it's all black and white. Like it seems like prehistoric times. Listen, I think it wasn't even that long ago. In the time, no, it like, wasn't. Yeah. I, I think Tiger Woods is probably. I think he's the greatest golfer of all time. Uh, I think if if Jack had gone through some of the injuries and things that Tiger had to go through. Uh, I don't know if Jack gets to the amount of majors that he has. I think Tiger, from an all-around game, how polarizing he was for the game, I, there's no doubt in my mind he's the greatest player of all time. And it's kind of sad because Tiger getting injured like this and he might not be golfing again when his son Charlie's on the come-up is, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those tales where is Charlie going to be as good as Tiger now? Yeah, but, I mean, he can take on that coaching role. You know, again, it, it looks like, from everything Charlie Woods going to be a stud, by the way. From everything that there. we know right now, uh, Tiger looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, his team does a great job of keeping everything private. But, again, my guess is that Tiger Woods will be able to walk again. And whether that means playing golf or not, it doesn't really matter to me. I think he'll be up and be able to walk and coach his son, Charlie, as you mentioned. 
Uh, he looked great in uh, what father was it, the father-son open. Son open. Yeah. yeah, he looked fantastic. So a couple weeks, a month I, ago now. I don't think he's got much to worry about, but uh, that's just me. And Honestly, you look everywhere else. John, it's been two weeks since I, I, I completely went at the Ivy Leagues, and they still haven't done anything. And you just see more, more and more states continue to open and find ways to do things. War, Warwick, New York is going to play high school football. That actually is going to become my Friday nights now. Uh, I get to I get to color commentate Friday night lights. Don't trademark me. Up there in Warwick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we don't own the rights to that, that right that there. <laughs> um, so, but that, you know, you, you find places that are doing things a lot worse than playing a game of lacrosse, doing track, doing all, more contact than that. And states and kids and athletic departments are finding ways to do it. And you, touted as some of the smartest people in this world, can't figure out a way to do it's it. It's a facade. Now. I'm sorry. You're a joke. It's embarrassing at this point. And I feel sorry for you. And I feel sorry for the kids. I, I really do. That's that's who I feel bad I for. I feel really bad for the athletes and students going there. But who I feel worse for is going to be all those coaches and stuff who have no teams to field when nobody goes to the Ivy for sports anymore. Yeah. Period. It, it's going to be – it's going to – The coaches are going to get the worst of it. I know it. It, it is going to be – it's going to be an ugly, ugly scene for the Ivy Leagues. Coaches want to coach. Don't, don't think they don't. For the next few years. So – uh, but they did it to themselves. So, but at the end of the day, we got hockey seasons in full effect, Joel. On we got a lot of things going on. Islanders and, look good, and we're gonna have we're just gonna continue to have fun here on the podcast. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we got our like I said in about I, I think eleven episodes. We got our one year coming up, so it, we got some big milestones coming up, oh, yeah. and we're gonna continue to bring you the best coverage here, uh, all, all across every different sport. We can maybe we'll get into some cricket next time. We'll talk about it, but <laughs> Premier League soccer. We might be getting. Into I mean, that. great. I Let's talk Premier about League. that too. The U.S. men's national team is on the rise, according to some. Uh, but that's you're not on the rise, folks. I, I don't know about that. We got Christian some Blue good young only guys. Chance. I we got some good young players, but you can reach me on Twitter at Gosker fifty six, on Instagram at Goose on the Mic. Anytime you want to reach out, review us on Apple, review us on Spotify. Amazon, we're going to work on getting Google, iHeartRadio, to the moon and beyond. Jolan, where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at GoodOldJoles or Instagram. You can follow us at AirItOut.podcast or Twitter at PodcastAirItOut. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. Yeah, let's keep let's keep this thing rolling. we got a great thing going to the moon, obviously. Then to Mars, um, baby. And, and then to Mars, I think. Maybe we'll go to Pluto, uh, since everybody forgot about Pluto. Can't touch down on Venus, too much gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, we can't land on Jupiter. We'll get more stupider. Uh, but we'll keep it rolling. We'll be here next week, obviously, for episode 42, Jackie Robinson, Mariana Rivera episode. Uh, that's going to be, obviously, a great one. We're going to have to do some things for them but Joel on until next time until next week and until episode 42 put in the books